Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. You guys can be seated. Open your Bible to Romans chapter number 12. I want to give you a few keys this morning because the reality is, is we are all in the same place. We all need to change. Somebody say amen. If you don't believe me, do you remember how you dressed in high school? Oh. <laughs> and some of you are like, well, you may. I still got the same jacket, bro. Looks good. <laughs> we all need to change. You know, what, what, was, what worked then doesn't work now, and what works now is not going to work later. There is a necessity for change that each one of us has. And sometimes you'll see the result of change in a great positive way, and sometimes you'll see the results of change in a negative way. For instance, you may see that person that you went to high school with that has, uh, maybe they grew uh, six inches or a foot after high school, and you're like, whoa, I don't even recognize you anymore. Maybe they've, they've lost weight since college, or, or maybe uh, uh, they've, they've, they've made some, some other great decision. I, I know for me personally, we have seen a lot of our friends and family over the years go through what the military will do for somebody. And you can see a lot of times young men and women that don't really have much of a purpose, and then they join the Marine Corps, the Army, and, and you'll see them a couple of years later in their uniform, and it can be shocking to see the difference that... that, that uh, the military make, can make in somebody's life, how they just, they look put together and you're like, man, something has changed in your life. But then also, you know, I can go back like to, to my hometown and sometimes I'll run into some of my friends that, that I went to school with and they're all like, whoa, Brian, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I'm a preacher. They're like, no way. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm a preacher. And, and they're like, they're, they're still wearing, come on somebody, they're still wearing their Leatherman, their Letterman jacket, you know. Come on, they, they can't button it, praise the Lord, but, but they're still wearing it, you know. And they still got the same pants. And I remember I was thinking the other day when, I, when we started the church, um, I, I, I wore a suit every service. I think I even wore a suit like on Wednesday nights, if I remember right, pretty much. And uh, Pastor Matthew he would come and like, he didn't know how to spell suit. You know what I'm saying? He, 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 I mean, he knows how to spell. Don't get me wrong. But, but this brother, he wore these clothes. And I was like, I was like, bro, what, like what store do you even find something like that? And, and he goes, bro, you need some skinny jeans. And I said, get behind me, Satan. Skinny jeans. What you talking about? Now I got a closet full of them. Praise the Lord. I, I thought, I thought, man, Matthew has totally changed me, praise God. But literally, I just, I just think back about, you know, these people in my life, you, you get to them and they're, they're still talking the same way. Come on, they're still doing the same junk. Still sitting on the same stupid porch, drinking the same stupid beer, telling the same stupid stories. And then you walk up and you're like, what is happening? Let me tell you what happened. Nothing. They chose not to change. You see, we all have a choice. Because your life is like a diaper. No matter how fresh it looks now. You're going to have to change it. No matter how fresh your life is today, something's going to have to change for you to get to your tomorrow. If you know this, help me say it. The Bible says that he will take us from glory to Come on, let's say it together. From glory to glory. The problem is the previous glory can be hard to let go of when you're trying to reach the next one. 
Oh, you don't believe me. <laughs> you should have seen me in 1972 in the East Texas Piney Woods football Super Bowl. <laughs> I was the quarterback and the coach. You remember the good old days? Boy, I tell you what, we could just sit there and throw. Look, what's actually happening is you never let go of that glory when God's trying to take you to another one over here. The first thing you've got to do to get to the next glory is to let go of the previous glory because yesterday's ideas will not bring about tomorrow's solutions. We've got to lay aside the sin in our life. But the Bible also says, I lay aside every weight that holds me back. In other words, everything that's holding you back is not necessarily sin. CSI Miami is not necessarily sin. CSI Las Vegas is. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't even know. I've never seen any of them, but... Some things in your life are not sin, but you're going to have to let go of them if you're going to be able to reach the next thing. Somebody say, amen. Amen. You ever seen that person that made some terrible decisions and you see the effect of the change? Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's poor decision. Maybe it's an overwhelmingly uh, um, nasty divorce that just left them just, just scarred. And scar tissue is one of the worst things because scar tissue, you don't have the same feeling that you once had in the same area. So you're not as sensitive to different things. And the problem is you don't know it because the area that you used to feel, now you don't feel and you become calloused. And when you become calloused, now all of a sudden you become where you are hard to mold and hard to make malleable and hard to shape and hard to shift. And now God has a difficult time moving you because the scar tissue is in the way. In other words, you're going to have to let God heal you of yesterday's hurts if you're going to see him do something great in your tomorrow. Give God a big hand of praise this morning. Let me read this over you real quick. Romans 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What he's saying there is it's reasonable to live for God. If he died for you, you should live for him. It's reasonable to live for God. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. Being conformed requires no effort. A rock in the river will be conformed to whatever the river tells it to be because it is conformed by its circumstances and its environment. It takes no effort to be conformed. It takes effort to be transformed away from what's trying to conform you. Don't be conformed, be transformed, be changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You have a choice. You can either change or you will be chained to your past. You can change or you'll be chained to your past. We have to have our mind renewed. How do you have your mind renewed? By the washing of the water of the word of the living God. I'm going to give you a few examples, and I want to give you a heads up. They're heavy, okay? So the next few minutes, it's going to get heavy in here. You cannot go to the next level in God and be a racist. You can't do it. You, if, if, if racist rhetoric, racist, racist discussion, if that's in your family, you have to change. You don't have to go beat up all your family members that ever said anything. Some of y'all were like, I'll get them, preacher. You don't worry about it. I'll change them, tell you what. No, you don't have to go do anything. You just got to make the decision that you're going to change. Somebody has to show the way. See, when you, what happens is, it's like life is filled with all these barriers. 
And, and, and these barriers are there to stop you from getting to the next level. The problem is if nobody breaks through, nobody's getting out. But when one person breaks through and gets to the other side, now all of a sudden everybody else sees that there is a way out of what has, has trapped them for years. So if you have any racism in your family, you have to change. You can't go to the next level in God and be a racist. You say, you don't understand, preacher. Some of these thoughts, they've been put in me from the time I was a little kid. I understand. I'm not pointing fingers at you, but I'm telling you the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can deliver you, restore you, rescue you, and he can help wash away some of that stinking thinking that has to be renewed by your mind has got to be renewed by the washing of the water of the word. One of the best ways to not be a racist is to go to a church like this. Because you're going to go to church with people from all different backgrounds and it removes the ability for you to look and have an us and them conversation. There is no us and them. If you're in the body of Christ, there is us, praise the Lord. Come on, give God a big hand of praise. You got you to get racism out of your mind. Here's another one. And, I, and again, these, these are heavy. So if, if they hit kind of hard, just know, I know they're coming. So just here we go. The people that really hurt you. I'm not talking about the person that gave you unsweet tea when you were asking for sweet tea. <laughs> Some of you feel that way. You go, to, you go to like dinner and they bring you unsweet tea. And they're like, does she work for the devil? <laughs> I specifically, you ask your wife. Didn't I say sweet tea? You did, honey. I tell you what. Let's just touch and agree right now for her soul. That's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that really hurt you. The dad that left when you were a kid. Or you never met. I had a friend of mine, great friend of mine, one of my best friends. And I didn't know it for years. I didn't know this for years. His dad gave him up for adoption when he was eight. Yeah, after his mom died. He was adopted by a deacon in a church that abused him for 10 years straight. When you find out the rest of the story, it's a lot easier to give grace. See, what happens is... is you have got to come to a place where you forgive the people that hurt you the most because forgiving them might not do anything for them, but it sets you free. If he was here today, he would tell you that exact same thing. He's forgiven his father. He's forgiven everybody in the story. He's forgiven them all. And he's as free as a song. You see, when you decide to hold on to that kind of bitterness and anger and hatred for those who've hurt you, it's like drinking poison and expecting it to hurt them. You can't go to the next level in God carrying that kind of hatred in your heart. You got to forgive them. I didn't say it was going to be easy. You're just going to have to ask Jesus to help you. And listen to me. He really, really will. He'll give you a place of peace. I'll never forget. Uh, i never forget. There was a guy one time and, and his wife had been totally, what's the right word? I'm trying to use, I know there's little ears in the room, so I'm just trying to be careful. His wife had been totally neglected as a child, given up for adoption, a lot of different things. And again, not like, not like, uh, not like you know, as a baby, like, again, around that eight or nine-year-old mark. And I remember the guy goes to his pastor, and he says to him, he says, he says hey, he said, his uh, pastor, tell me about your family. He told him about the family. And he told him about the girl. And he told him about the girl's dad. Gave him up for adoption, all this other stuff. And, and, and I remember thinking, man, if there was ever a moment where there was some righteous anger that like, would be like okay or lawful. Remember, Jesus got mad one time in three years. And, and I, thought, I thought, man, that would be a good one. But the preacher actually said to the guy, he goes, wow, that's a heck of a story. And then the preacher says this. He says, you know what, young man? talking to the guy, he says, you might be the only person on the planet that can get that guy saved. 
I remember when I heard that, my whole life changed because I thought, this preacher doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) The difference is simple. The difference is there has to come to a place, you have to come to a place in your life where the cause of Christ becomes more important than the bitterness you're carrying around. Told you it'd be a little bit heavy. You can't be a racist and go to the next level in God. You can't hate anybody. You can't, listen, you can't hate anybody and go to the next level in God. You can't do it. You have to love. Listen, I know I've been with the Lord. We just got back from vacation, as I mentioned, for a couple of weeks. And I was talking to a minister friend of mine. He called when we were driving back from the airport. And we were just talking, visiting about the Lord. He said, man, he goes, he goes, he goes, you've been with the Lord. I said, oh, yeah, I've been with the Lord. I've been with him. And I know I've been with him, and I'll tell you how I know I've been with him. One of the characteristics that I know I've been with him is I start to be more tender. Now, my faith is still hard as granite, but you start to be more sensitive. You start to be more sensitive to to people around you and the pain that's all around you. That's how you know because that's how Jesus goes around. Jesus goes around he feels your pain and he's trying to help it. He's trying to aid it. The Bible says there is a healing balm in Gilead and he's trying to anoint your hurts and your pains and your struggles and your shortcomings and your insecurities and he's trying to help and aid all of it. The difference is, is you and me have to get to the place like Peter said that we have to be willing to cast our cares upon him knowing that he cares for us. You you can't just go carrying all this pain around. You weren't equipped to carry it. You weren't built to carry it. You were built to be carried by God, not to carry all the stuff the world puts on you. You can't be a racist and go to the next level. You can't carry hatred around and go to the next level. You can't keep doubting God and expect Him to move in your life. You got to renew your mind. We are by definition, we are believers. We are not doubters. We are believers. I was talking to a great friend of mine this morning and we were talking. I said, I said, how's so-and-so doing? Because I didn't even know the character. I didn't know the state of their soul. He said, oh, they're a believer. I said, praise the Lord. If you're a believer, that means you believe on Christ Jesus. You believe he died. Jesus, you believe he died on the cross, you believe he rose from the dead for our victory, you trust him with your life, but by definition, we are believers. You got to wash some of that doubt out of your mind. You got to get rid of the idea that says, my kids aren't going to make it. The devil is a liar. Your kids will serve God. We are not doubters. We are believers. We are full of faith. Give us a mountain, we will shout at it. My dad was here preaching on Wednesday night. Do you guys know Pastor Larry at all? Did he do a good job Wednesday night? I heard him say something. He said this. He said, I don't want anybody fighting my giants. He said, I want to fight my giants. Here's the reality. The giants you don't fight, your children have to. That's the reason we wake up in the morning and go, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't say, if everything goes great today, I'll rejoice. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. You see, you can't go to the next level constantly doubting Constantly living in fear. We have to renew our mind because we will either change or be chained to our past. We renew our mind by replacing doubt with faith, fear with hope, anger, hatred with love. We renew our mind by walking in joy and trusting God that his plan for our life is not just to prosper us, but to prosper us and have us in health just like our soul prospers. We renew our mind and we are Change. Somebody say change. change. I'm going to give you three keys real quick on how we can be changed. Number one, this one's heavy too. This feels like, like a Wednesday night message. If you guys have never been to a Wednesday night service, you've got to come to church on Wednesday night. It is, it's, it's a, I don't know if it's lawful to say it's a different experience. It's a very, very powerful experience. Come out with us this Wednesday night. I might even share some, some stories this week of some Uh, uh, recent outreach we've been doing. uh, Number one, if you're going to change, here here, here it is. 
You have to be honest with yourself. See, we typically lie to ourselves. Let me tell you how we do it. We judge everybody around us based off of their actions, and we judge ourselves based off of our intentions. I didn't mean to do that. You stomp on somebody's heart, but you didn't mean to, so you think they should just immediately forgive you. But somebody cusses you out, and all of a sudden, you think, Jesus, I want everybody to go to heaven except them. Praise the Lord. (laughs) See, we judge everybody by their actions. We judge ourselves based off our intentions. In other words, Matthew 7 says this. He said, we look at the speck in somebody else's eye just a little speck and we ignore the log in our own eye because we never do what Michael Jackson said start with the man in the mirror (laughs) may rest in peace king of pop praise the lord you gotta start with the man in the mirror you have listen you can't save the world if you're constantly looking at everybody's faults because let me just give you a newsflash everybody's going to disappoint you. Stick around here. Before it's over, I'll disappoint you. I'll say something you didn't particularly like. I'll do something. Somebody in the lobby will. Somebody. There's a difference, though. When you stop looking at people's actions as the qualifying factor as to whether or not they should be permitted in the kingdom, And you start looking through God's eyes that say, no, no, no. If he says they're my brother or my sister, who am I to argue with that? They're washed with the same blood of the lamb that I'm washed in. I'm not fixing to start making a mountain out of a molehill. Number one, you got it. Listen, and here's the thing. It's very, very, what's the word? Um, It's not really dangerous. But one of the most intense prayers you can pray Is what David would pray when he would say, Lord, search me. Because he really will. You ask him to find those areas that you need work, he's going to shine a light on it. And then you're going to have a choice. Change or chained. Where you were might have been great, but where you were was yesterday. I want to know what are you doing today and where are you going tomorrow? Because the reality is the first thing we have to do is we've got to be honest with ourselves. Is there some hatred on the inside of me? No joke. No, no, no games, no gimmicks. Am I ugly to my wife? Am I rude to my husband? Do I shout at my kids? Am I arrogant about my Christianity? Do I use the Bible like an anvil and drop it on people's heads? Or do I use the Bible like a bridge to get them from where they are to where God's called them to be? These are the things that He'll speak to you and He will really show you. And then you'll have the opportunity to change. Because we all have to change. You can't stay the same and go everywhere you want to go. Everybody always says this. Man, when I met Jesus, I was instantly changed. True story. But it should be ever since I met Jesus, I have been changing. He is calling us to new heights. Pardon the pun. He's calling us to new levels. He's calling us to a higher level of love. The only thing that God used to define who he is, is love. So literally, quite literally, the first thing we have to do is begin to be honest with ourselves. Remember he said this, love your neighbor like you love yourself. In other words, give your neighbor the benefit of the doubt that you would give yourself. I'm teaching my children all the time. 
one of the characteristics and one of the areas that we talk about a lot is intention versus impact. You didn't mean to hurt your sister. You didn't mean to hurt your brother. If you had meant to, it would be a different conversation. You would be in trouble. You didn't intend to, but you still did. So the impact was still an issue. The problem with our own lives is we begin to have blind spots. Husbands, that's what your wife is for. (laughs) To show you the areas of your life that you need to work on. Ma'am, that's what he's for. That's part of what he's for. To show you the areas of your life that you can't see. Because if we can't be honest with ourselves, we're never going to be able to change in the direction that God's calling us to change. And if we can't change, we can't get to the next stage that that he's calling us to get to. We'll be stuck in the old diaper stage. Number two. Somebody say number two. You're already doing this one? You got to be in church? Church is not man's plan. Church is God's plan. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The reason it won't prevail against the church is because when the body of Christ gets together, the book of Hebrews said, don't forsake the assembling together. When we decide to get together, something happens. A guy like me comes up here and reads from God's holy book, starts to share from God's holy book, and what happens is, is it's like some things, they're very comforting. Oh. Praise the Lord. But some things are kind of sharp, kind of sticky a little bit. That's why the Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The reality is a place like this is a place where iron begins to sharpen iron. And here's the difference. Iron sharpening iron is a very, very important thing. It's very strategic. The only way that it happens is strategic strikes from the correct angle begins to create something that is better than what it was originally. So instead of coming up and taking a rock and just hitting it with a sledgehammer, which will cause chaos, everything just explodes and breaks in all different directions, what happens is you come to a place like this and somebody comes up and stands and teaches from an angle like this and all of a sudden it begins to go. Look, you can't get to the next level if you act like your family acted when you were a little kid. Even when you were a little kid, you knew it wasn't right. You got to knock that stuff off. Now the difference is you can choose to not be in the church. And the same blows are coming. The same opportunity is there. But you've got to come and position yourself in the right place where you say, Listen, mold me, God. Change me, God. Help me, God. Fix me, God. Work on me, God. Because I don't want to be what I was. I want to be something different. And the change begins to come and it begins to shape and shift. And even from this platform in a position like this, which I, I, I so humbly serve, what I consider the greatest church in the world today, but I humbly do it. But every person that comes in here that we allow to share from this platform, I tell them the same thing. You cannot come here and hurt our people. Don't you come up here and use this Bible to divide the body of Christ. You use this Bible to wave the banner of Christ. And if somebody doesn't agree with every way that we do it, that doesn't mean we're not family. It just means that we don't agree on every little thing. You can't come in here and hurt our people. We'll stop you mid-sermon. A couple of y'all were like, I've been wanting to stop you, preacher. (laughs) (laughs) You can't come in here and hurt our people. You'll know they are Christians by their love for one another. When one hurts, we hurt. When one rejoices, we refuse to get jealous, only inspired. Something great hits a family. You don't look over and go, why is God blessing that family? You look over and say, if God did it for them, 
He'll do it for me. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Number one, you've got to be honest with yourself. There's some areas in your life that you're going to have to change to go to the next level. I know you don't hear this from every pulpit in America, but it is true. You've got to change. You can't stay the same and expect God to be pleased next year. Number two, you, you need to be in the house of God. Why? So you can have your mind renewed. How? By the washing of the water of the word. I'm asked a lot of times about raising kids and family. How the kids get to be like this. And I tell them all the same thing. There's not one thing in my entire life that has been more influential than making the house of God a priority. Well, if you don't go to church, can you go to heaven? Yeah. But you might go through hell while you're here. (laughs) Well, does being in church make you a Christian? No more than standing in a garage makes you a car. (laughs) But being in the house of God, serving the house of God. There's not one thing in my life that has been more significantly influential, consistently influential. Services and moments like this, I've heard preachers just like me say something that changed my life forever. Worship teams just like this have sung a song and the Holy Spirit has done a work on the inside of me. Some of it's just the consistent chipping away that you don't even feel is happening. Just over time, you don't even know it. Then you wake up one day and you're just kinder. You're just kinder. You're just more patient. Then you wake up one day and you go, man, I used to feel real insecure, but now I feel bold in that same area. I used to feel like I couldn't, and now all of a sudden I feel like I can. I used to feel less than, now I feel like I'm actually the head and not the tail. That's because the Bible says, as a person thinks in their heart, that's the way you'll be. So when I say be honest with yourself, I'm not saying be honest with yourself and beat yourself up. The devil is a liar. Don't do his job. Be honest with yourself about the areas that you need to change. If you have just total hostility and anger in your heart, today's the day to change. Today's the day to get it out. Number one, you got to be honest. Number two, be in church. Number three, you got to be a witness. You can't go to the next level in God if you don't share Jesus. Well, I thought that was what preachers do. The Bible says that a preacher's job is to build up the saints, the people of God, for the work of ministry. Nobody is excluded from sharing Christ. The Great Commission was not a great recommendation. It's the Great Commission. There are people that God has strategically in your life for you to share your faith with. Preacher, I've never done that before. There was a time when you'd never ridden a bicycle. And it was scary then. And it might have even taken a skint knee or two, but then you could ride it. And then what used to scare you used to be the thing that you used to get from where you are to where you want to be. It's the same thing with sharing your faith. I think Wednesday night I'm going to share some stories about sharing faith personally because one of the things in our family is it's very important for our children to see us share our faith. It's very important for us to do it personally, but it's very important that our kids don't think that ministry is just this. This is a calling. This is what God said do. But that doesn't, that doesn't uh, relieve me or Crystal from the personal responsibility of sharing our faith with people. And what you do, whether it's welding oil rigs, building banks, 
plumber, electrician, teacher, nurse, doctor, lawyer. What you do doesn't exclude you. Oh, that's, this is who I am. What, no, it doesn't exclude you from sharing your faith. You want to go to the next level? You got to be a witness. You got to tell somebody about Jesus. I was on the island of uh, Maui like a week ago, I guess it was. And I was talking to this small group of people about the Lord. And uh, I was inviting them to a church I'd never been to. I just heard it was a good church. We were going to go there. So I said, man, you ought to go to this church. Maybe it was after we went. I don't remember. But either way, I was talking to this little group of people. And two or three of them were, were real receptive. One of them, just arrogant as could be, looked at me and said, I don't go to church. I said, well, you're going to hell. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Let me put my flesh back up. Okay. I'm back. Glory to God. I didn't say that. I said, oh? He said, yeah, I surf. And I thought, cool. <laughs> you surf. As I was walking back to the car, the kids and family were waiting on me to finish witnessing these people. I remember thinking, I was like, is that what you're going to say to the Lord when you meet him? When he says, how come you didn't accept my son that died for you? Are you just going to say, I served? You got to be a witness. And you don't always get it. You don't always, they don't always say yes. As a matter of fact, sometimes they'll even laugh at you. But understand, if they mock you, you're a good company because that's what they did to Jesus. Oh, now don't run out like trying to get mocked. You know what I'm saying? I'm a Christian. Would you like to serve Jesus like George Strait said? Check yes or no. Don't do that. I've done it every way you can do it. Every way you can do it. I've gone aggressive. I've gone passive. I've tried to think my way through it before I got there. I've done it every way you can think of. I've tried to witness something to people. Every way you can think of. But you know the one way that seems to be the best for me? Hey, yo, I'm about to head out. I'm a Christian, and I don't want to make anything weird or more weird than it would have to be, but... Is there anything I can pray with you about pray with you about before I go? They don't always say yes, but I've never had one of them be rude in that environment. Now, the other way, the clown approach, I've had them be rude to me. And I'm not saying don't do it any old way. I'm just saying nobody is excluded from sharing their faith. How many times have you walked away from somebody and, and that thought is, you're talking to them, and you got this thought to just share something. You don't even know what to say, but you got it. It's like just this little thing, and you're like, ah, ah. And then you walk away, and you're like, ah, I don't know what to say. I wish I'd have said something. Everybody's been there. Don't beat yourself up, but I can tell you, the way to get better is the same way you got good at riding your bike. Get on the bike. Try it. Miss it a couple times. You'll develop your own flavor. You'll develop your own skill set. The Bible says, wise is the man that wins souls. I want to be wise in God's eyes. I don't want to be a dummy. I want to be wise. I want to walk into heaven at 120 years old, completely healthy, and in my right mind, with children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren all serving God. Want to walk into heaven, see Jesus, and have Him go, Good job, Brian. I'm not interested in going to heaven one minute too early. Because when you exhale your last breath here, and you inhale your first breath of heaven's glorious Fragrance, you have no more opportunity to impact this world. You're done. That's why we got to be honest. 
Search me. What is it, Lord? What are you calling me to do? It's probably a pretty big thing. You can have small steps, but if he tells you something big, don't get scared and quit. We got to be honest. We got to stay committed to the house of God and let that iron just sit there and sharpen. Let that word just come on us. Let all that hate be washed out. And before you know it, you'll love people you couldn't stand. Then you got to share him. You go to dinner with your wife or your husband, you, you take a bite of something good. If you're a good spouse, I guess I should say. <laughs> The next thing you say is, you got to try this, and you hand them a bite. Some of you are like, ain't no way, preacher. I ain't giving her. I give her a bite of that steak. She'll eat the whole thing. <laughs> Some of you ladies are like, I just wish he'd ask. He just reached over and grabbed. I'm pretty good, woman. Spaghetti and meatballs. Woo! Glory. <laughs> or, or if you're like me, you act like you've never had it before. I'm like, can I try that? looks pretty good. She's like, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. You've tried it before. I'm like, yeah, but I, not today. I mean, it's like Sunday, you know. Like, I wanted to have Chick-fil-A, but they're closed, so. <laughs> Come on, let's all stand to our feet. We're going to close service in just a second, but I'd like us to have just a moment or two with the Lord. So I want you to try to clear your mind of all the thoughts of what we need to do this week. They're going to be there. Of all the rubble, the wood, hay, and stubble of your life, all the issues and concerns. Let's do this. Let's all just close our eyes. You don't have to try to touch the ceiling, but just lift your hands. Lord, we're not what we used to be, and we thank you for that. But we also know that you're calling us to an even greater place, to another glory, to another level, grace and compassion. The first thing we ask you today, Lord, here in your presence, in your holy house, is we're asking you, God, to show us the areas of our own life that we need to change. Those areas of resentment, those areas that we've been hurt and we haven't let something go, those areas with those loved ones that we've held a grudge and we haven't spoken to them. Those areas where we've been harder than we should have been. Would you just show those to us now? Even now in this moment, would you just show those to us now, Lord? God is speaking to many of you right now, just showing you different areas. He's not doing that to condemn you. He's doing that to set you free in that area. He's not doing that to condemn you. He's doing that to set you free in that area. I sense the Lord forgiving many right now. There's been some characteristics and some ideologies that you haven't let go of. You're a Christian. You're saved. You're born again, no doubt. But there's been some ideologies that you haven't let go of from your old life. And God is saying, if you want me to fill your hand with the jewels of heaven, you have to let go of what you're holding on to. I sense God saying he wants to fill your hand with the jewels of heaven.
the greatest thing is when the hardest, most callous people become the kindest people. The greatest thing is when the, the most arrogant people become the most humble people. Because only God can do that. Only God can do that. And He really, really will. God, just show us those areas. Now, Lord, would you give us the ability, we pray, to overcome those areas by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb of God. Lord, would you help us to make a fresh commitment to church, to the house of God, to the things of God, to prioritize your house where the washing of the water of the Word comes over us daily. And not just to be here, but to be an asset to the house of God. To serve the house of God. Even Jesus said, I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve. To find a place. I hear God challenging many people going into the fall, which should be a super busy time in your family. I sense God challenging you even to step up further in the house of God. Lord God I sense you giving us a spirit of boldness where there was insecurity to help us to be a witness for you Lord would you show us right now your Bible says we don't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds continuously speaks out of the mouth of God so right now the same way you've spoken to people for generations, would you speak to each one of us about those people in our life that we can witness, in our lives that we can witness to? The family member, the brother, the sister, the mom, the dad, the coworker. Who is it, Lord? Who is it? Who is it? Give us the boldness to do it and help to orchestrate and facilitate a great opportunity to do so. Help us to have that opportunity, Lord. sense it so strong and I sense him saying I'll take you there if that's you and you're saying Lord for real I want to know you more I want to sense you more we don't serve him just when we sense him but it is a wonderful thing to serve a living God because you can experience him if that's you and you're here today, I'm not going to call you to the front. We'll, we do that from time to time. But right where you're sitting, the God of heaven and earth wants you to have an encounter with him. If that's you and you are believing God for a fresh touch today, your hands lifted high say this say this right after me say oh God I need you today more than I ever have and I'm believing you for a special touch this morning in Jesus name there he is sense that same wave of forgiveness just a wave of forgiveness come on let him heal your heart today don't hold back your heart he died for your soul but he lives for your heart (laughs) 
That's him awakening dreams. That's him bringing hope again. Many of you are going to leave here with so much joy, you're going to feel weird because you haven't been happy in a long time. You haven't been happy in a long time. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's him just washing away all the hurt. All the frustration. more seconds many of us are really being touched right now 30 more seconds 30 more seconds almighty God you're welcome in this place heal our hearts let us feel your warm embrace Lift our spirits once again As we serve to See your hand move Let your presence now Fill this place Almighty God Let your glory overwhelm Your people once again let your power fill this house like you did back then. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. We say you're holy, 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 Lord. Yes, you are. You're holy, 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 Lord. Yes, you are. you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus we're going to give you that opportunity right now maybe you used to walk strong with him but you backslidden you used to be in a great relationship with Jesus and something happened maybe you remember the moment maybe you don't even remember the moment you just know something happened if that's you you've never given your heart to Jesus or something happened and you know you need to get it right today when I count to three I want you to lift your hand I'm an uplifted hand you're just saying Jesus for real remember me and he's going to wrap you in his loving arms forgive you of all your sin and set your feet on a solid rock that you'll never be shaken from 
everybody please bow your head and close your eyes. If that's you, you've never said yes to Jesus, or you used to walk strong with him and something happened, but you need to get it right today. When I count to three, lift your hand real tall. One, two, three, lift your hand. Keep it up real high. I see that hand, 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 I see that hand. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. I see that hand, praise the Lord. 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 Is there anyone else? Lift it real tall. That's you. I see you. I see you. I see you. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this prayer after me. Matter of fact, all the church, let's pray it together. Say this. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus lived and died for me. I believe he rose from the dead for my victory. I turn from sin and I turn to you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Give God a big hand of praise. For those of you who prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, we're so proud of you. Listen, serving God is the greatest, most exciting thing you'll ever, ever do. If you can make it out to service on Wednesday night, be here. If not, be here every Sunday you can. God is doing great work in you and your family. Give them one more hand of praise, y'all. Phenomenal decision. We're going to dismiss in just a second, but if you're here today and you've never joined our church, the first question I have is, what are you waiting for? (laughs) But really, maybe it's your first time here. You've been coming for weeks or months, but you've never made it official that this is your church home. The Bible says this, those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in God's courts. We want you to flourish. Our church has a super simple vision. If you know it, say it with me. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. That's it. If you can get behind that, we'd love for you to join arms with us. Plus, you know people we don't know. So through you, we will reach more than we can reach without you. The Bible also says that when you become a member of a certain house or a partner with that ministry, you're a partaker of every grace that's on this house. The grace of healing is on this house. Joy, increase. There are things going on in people's lives. It wasn't uh, long ago that my wife and I uh, were just, uh, 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 the word that God gave us, we're making the decision to come over and pray over Bryan College Station on our date night. And now... Uh, God is just doing great things. And let me just tell you, God's going to continue to do great things because the future is even better than everything that's happened up till now. But if you're here and you say, man, preacher, I want to get connected. We want you to get connected. And your first step is just joining the church. We don't have any long process to do it. It's really more of just a uh, declaration. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're here today and you know this is the house for you, when I count to three, you've never joined our church, you know this is the house for you. When I count to three, just lift your hand real tall, and we're just going to tell you we love you. One, two, three. Lift your hand real tall. Praise God back here. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? So proud of you guys. Uh, I'm going to pray a prayer over you in just a second. But listen. If you're joining the church or if it's your first time here, I'm going to be right here by these stairs for a few minutes after service. I would love to say hello to you. Uh, Also, if it's your first time here, don't leave without stopping by the light wall because we want to bless some orphans in your name. Give God another big hand of praise this morning. Let's all lift one hand to heaven. Lord, for those who are joining our church today, I thank you, Lord God, that they'll be partakers of every grace that's on this house. I thank you, Lord God, for blessing them. 
I thank you, Lord God, that they will increase, that health will be the standard in their home. I pray, Lord God, for great relationships in their family, amongst their friends and their co-workers. I thank you, Lord God, for helping them in every area of their, of their life, just like your Bible says. Now, for every person under the sound of my voice, I thank you, God, for making us the head and not the tail, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Help us to change and not be chained to our past. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.